Welcome to 30 Minutes of Growth, the all-action, all-growth marketing podcast that's all within half an hour. It features three segments with three playbooks you can use right away. And I'm your host, Alex Garcia. So let's do this. Yo, so I really appreciate you being here, Pat. One, I know we just talked about this, but your course, the Lean SEO course, has helped me tremendously get Marketing Examine off, off the ground, up and running. But other than that, can you just give a one, two minute background uh, of yourself? I forgot to say you're the founder of Starter Story and you've been crushing it. It's amazing to watch and I'm a huge fan. So I'm glad to have you on here. But yeah, if you could give us just a one, two minute background. Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. My name is Pat and I started uh, this uh, website called Starter Story. I'd say that we're kind of a media company and we mostly do digital media. So blogs and articles and we kind of started out interviewing entrepreneurs and, and uh, sharing their stories. And then um, that kind of turned into a full-time job. And uh, we're doing about 1.4 million uh, visitors per month and 500,000 revenue per year. Wow. Oh, so the last stat I read was at 500K. You guys are up to 1.4 now, million a month? Yeah. Yeah, that's what we did. And I think wow. January. So, you know, the new year, uh, you know, a lot of people are excited about starting a business. So it's usually a big month for us. So, yeah, I think after I did the Lean SEO course, we had about 500,000. And then now about 1.4, 1.5. literally triple. That's crazy. Well, congrats on that. So the first topic I want to go into is approaching SEO like a startup. This is a brilliant framework. And I think this is a framework that you established before you kind of created the lean SEO framework specifically. So you shared a screenshot of your Google Analytics for Starter Story um, that showed the growth over the last 12 months when uh, I think when you first started it. And then you got to 500k kind of visitors a month. And you and you then broke down and I think it was at either a tweet or a blog that you started. Why wouldn't you approach SEO like a startup? Can you break down that framework? I think when you're starting out in a new blog or a new website, you don't have like the big uh, domain authority. So it's really hard to rank for, you know, like big keywords. Like if we're thinking like, you know, big companies are running big budgets to land keywords. Like say like you're an email marketing company, you have uh, maybe like a MailChimp or whatever, and you have, you know, hundred million in funding, you are running a huge team to uh, hit the keyword email marketing tool, yeah. right? So um, there's no way that someone like me who's just running their own, bootstrap business with, you know, minimal people and, and help is going to be able to rank for something like that. So the approach with lean SEO uh, is basically to try to hit way more long tail keywords and go for new topics or new ideas that are not going to be covered by these like traditional blogs because, you know, you're a startup and you know, you want to go like, just like any startup is going to, you know, look for a new idea. They're not going to go build another email marketing tool. If they do, they're you know going to suffer from all the competition. Uh, lean SEO is a way to go and find new topics that you can rank for that, you know, bigger sites necessarily wouldn't rank for because they're so new and so fresh. And, but I think in your, in the tweet, you said originally before you created like the five or six part framework for lean SEO, it was like approaching, SEO as a startup was, here's an idea, you're going to test it and then validate it with something along those lines? Yeah. So um, more specifically, the the framework is to create basically like little, what I call MVCs, minimum viable content. So there's minimum viable products where everyone knows about not spending too much time on an article that may or may not rank. So you can create, like if you spend a minimal time on an article that you think 
you could potentially rank for. So say you spend like, you know, two hours writing this article or three hours writing this article and it doesn't rank, that's no big deal, right? But if you do that for 10 or 20 different articles and you find one that does rank, then, you know, you spent a couple of weeks and then you did find something that worked. And then when you do find that one that does rank, basically go all in on that, like, you know, pivot to that or go deeper on that. So yeah, it's kind of a way to not dive in because oftentimes people will create content and, you know, spend two weeks, three weeks on one piece of content it doesn't rank and, or it, it's really good. And maybe it ranks six months down the road, but they give up easily on SEO, which is something that I've you know, given up on SEO before multiple times. And then finally something clicks and then uh, it's kind of a framework to consistently iterate on content so that you're not giving up and you're not, you know, you're not stuck to one thing that you, your baby or whatever. What gave you that light bulb moment? Because I feel like that's, it's, it's such a, right, like an untraditional approach to SEO other than in comparison to like what you, the majority of content that you'll read online about SEO is, okay, you're going to have to wait six, seven months before you start yeah. seeing any kind of results. But when you go through the course, you're like, look, in 30 days, you should be able to determine if this is going to work or not. So what kind of gave you that light bulb moment? I think I was just kind of playing the the long game with Starter Story because I didn't start it with the intent to have a lot of SEO traffic. I was just creating a blog and I wanted, you know, I think people were finding me through Reddit and other other channels at first. So as I was building the website, I started seeing like that I actually was ranking accidentally for a lot of the content that I was doing. And then once I started seeing that it took like six months to rank for something, I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll try this thing or this thing. And, and I make small tweaks and then I don't see the results for a while. So that's where I kind of knew that it wasn't so obvious how to rank. Therefore, I'm not going to, you know, it's like a lot of people think like, oh, you got to do the, you know, certain technical, you make this small change and you're going to rank, or, you know, you do this one thing and you're going to rank, you know, a lot of these SEO gurus yeah. will, will say that. So I kind of just realized that there is no, you know, silver bullet or secret lining. So this framework is kind of just how I approached it because I just like, it just felt like if I create the best content, that's the best thing I can do. Uh, but how can, you know, I do that with a really limited team? How can I create great content with just one person? When you kind of thought about this framework, was there like a piece of content that you published that kind of validated this, this idea or this like hypothesis of, okay, you could create a lot of content, a lot of content fast, it's still quality content and start ranking fast or faster? The first one I did was actually, I, I referenced the email marketing before. I wanted to create really the first time I wanted to create any sort of SEO optimized content for the site. And I created this article about email marketing tools and I listed like 150 email marketing tools. I'm like, all right, this is going to be the longest piece of content on email marketing, most in depth. And then I could rank for this. And little did I know it was impossible to rank for. And that article never panned out, but I really enjoyed the process of building that content because what I realized is that it's really just a long list of, you know, tools, which is like actually quite easy to create. It's not, you know, like when people go searching for things on SEO, they go searching for simple stuff. They're not looking for some specialized knowledge that I have about my opinion on something or whatever. They're looking for what's a good email marketing tool. So I was like, all right, well, this could be, you know, although I wasn't able to rank for the email marketing tools query, I was like, all right, maybe I can actually rank for like best productivity tools or best notion type tools or like, and I was like, okay, well, I can go more in the long tail, but I was like, 
so many people are searching for best tools that I can just try different stuff. So then I, then I created more content and then I started seeing that, oh, it does rank and it ranks like almost like immediately when I published it because it was just more long tail and it was really easy to publish because the structure of the content, just a list of tools was always the same, but you can go hit all these different queries and then um, you can kind of systemize that process, which is kind of what lean SEO is about is, um, you know, trying best productivity tools, best SEO tools, best, you know, whatever tools you do a few of those, and then you might rank for one or two of those and then go from there. The next topic I want to go into is actually the lean SEO framework. So fast forward, you've grown star story now to, I had written down 500 K visitors. You've actually three X that to 1.4 million visitors. Can you break down the lean SEO framework from, I know it's uh, five parts So research, create, test, decision, scale. Can you break it down? Yeah, so I don't have the, the, the slide in front of me. But yeah, the first part is the research phase. So looking for a specific article or, or like a type of content that someone else is ranking for, or someone else is uh, doing. Uh, researching that and seeing if we can do it better or seeing if there are more uh, content that we can do that they're not hitting. Typically, we'll write up a one-page Google Doc that says like, this is what we should do and these are the kind of content that we should hit. So I think it's always good to just write about what you want to do. Just writing in general is like, instead of just having an idea, just actually writing down your thoughts and you know what the goals are for the project or whatever. So typically, typically do that. And then the next phase, if I pull it up, is I think it's the MVC phase. Is that right? Yeah, the MVC phase, yeah. So then we'll create maybe three or four uh, pieces of content and um, we'll have like maybe our team of freelancers work on that or... Even if you're just working by yourself, you can kind of create that quickly. Sometimes the content is really simple. Like it's like a list of dog names or, you know, some like list of names for your golden retriever or a list of names for your Yorkshire Terrier or whatever. So it's pretty easy to create the content. So we try to spend a few days or, or, you know, someone's working on that for the week to create that content and then you just publish it immediately and kind of just let it go. And then you go into the, the testing phase is, I think what we call it. And when it's in the testing phase, you kind of just let it be and just try to uh, move on and, and not look at the numbers. Um, and that's kind of the part of the lean SEO is that you have multiple different experiments at the same time. So you have your dog names experiment that you're running and then you've published it. And then now let's go try another thing like best dog food or best whatever. Um, go work on another one, finish those, and then set those off on on their merry way. So we typically let them run for about 30 days. And then we look at the results in Google Analytics and see if there's any traffic. Oftentimes, there's no traffic or just a couple. And then uh, at that point, you make a decision to, okay, should we go in and improve this content? Or should we just kill the project? Or if it's so good, then let's go and like create more blog posts around this content. Most of the time, the content is just a total dud. Like I'd say that we've run like, I think like 50 or 60 different experiments like that. And there's maybe only been eight to 10 that are like total knock out of the parks. Oftentimes the most common thing that happens is it does okay, but it's not worth it to put a lot more time into it or it does okay and we go into the phase of improving the content, which is like actually going into the articles and making them way better, uh, making them like, you know, just 
longer and with more images and making them better than anything else that is trying to rank for those queries as well. Yeah, that's kind of the process. And it's kind of like running experiments all the time on different stuff. And then typically we'll check. So if most of the time something will just be in this constant experiment phase. So if it's doing, it does okay, we make a bunch of changes to the article and then we wait another 30 days and we reassess. And if it's just still doing okay, we'll do another 30 improvements and then another 30 days. And then at one point it gets to what we call the scale phase. And then we're like, okay, this article is like fully optimized. Let's go and find all the other queries um, that people will be looking for. So let's say it's like the dog names. It's like, let's do this article for every breed of dog on the internet. And at that point, it's pretty much done. And then uh, we move on to our other experiments. The area I wanted to hone, hone in on on this one was creating the MVC. And I think it's understanding types and topics. Yeah. So I was doing this earlier before, before we hopped on in researching types and topics. So for myself, would that be if I went in Google right now and I put copywriting and then I put four, right? And it would be copywriting for creatives, copywriting for social media, copywriting for beginners. Is that kind of the how you encourage on how to create like these MVCs? Yeah, yeah, sure. I should have mentioned that before. So we have a content type and a topic. So a content type is usually you can think about as like, this is the structure of every blog post that would be across a series of topics. So if it's copywriting tips, typically the copywriting tips are going to be the same, generally the same, depending on who you are. If you're an author or if you're a marketer, there is some differences, but Generally, whoever is searching for that article and comes across that article is wants to see that content in the same format, which is a list of tips and then maybe something specific to their domain. So that would be the content type, which I would call copywriting tips for X, X being whatever the profession is. And then the topics on that would be author, blogger, marketer, executive, whatever. So then your topics across that would be any profession. So then maybe you run an experiment. What we would typically do is we would go into Google, you know, search console, we'd be looking at Ahrefs and we'd say like, okay, copywriting tips for marketers is like a really hard query to rank for. We're not going to try to rank for that. Let's go try to rank for copywriting tips for TikTokers because it's a newer, TikTok is a newer platform. So there may be less content written about that. So we'll try to see what are things that we could like more easily ranked for because we do want to look at things like when we do get the traffic for that, or if we do get the traffic for that, we want to look at, we want to see also the behavior on that traffic, which is something I didn't, I haven't covered as much in lean SEO is a lot of stuff that I've learned since is like, you actually want to look at the behavior of the users is how long are they staying on the page and what's their bounce rate on the page. And typically those are the things that we're optimizing for. Once it goes to the 30 days of the experiment, when we do make improvements to the post we want to see that time on site going up and we want to see the bounce rate going down um, and we want to see the opt-ins going up and, and sort of stuff like that but yeah sorry sorry to go on a on a tangent there no, but, fine. Uh, the uh the copywriting tips for x and then maybe you'd be like okay well copywriting tips for x is good but what about marketing tips for x that's another i would say another content type or maybe it's email marketing tips for authors email marketing tips so there's there's so many different ways you can think about it. And there's like, there's endless experiments to run is what I found is like, every time you find a new experiment or a new content type, you find maybe 10 more. 
So then it comes down to picking what you think is is the best thing to work on. Would all these content types be in like its own separate bucket? So if you're running a test, it's going to be like, you're going to do four four articles that are copywriting tips for, you know, social media, TikTok, YouTuber ads, right? And then another one is email marketing tips. Are those all like different, eventually different tests? Uh, yeah, those would be different experiments because the okay they are similar in a lot of ways, but the tips would be fundamentally different is marketing tips versus copywriting tips. Like the yeah. content itself would be so different that, you know, you can do it however you want. Like you could also say that the content type there is just a list of tips or like X list of tips for X. But I would just say it's better to go, you know, more specific and more deeper because fundamentally the the user that is searching Google is looking for something very different if it's marketing tips versus copyright or even copywriting tips versus email marketing tips. Those are just very fundamental different uh, pieces of content. So I, I would treat those differently. It's better to get more detailed, I think. So the third topic I want to go over is actually just honing in really on the test decision and scale phase. Because I feel like this is kind of where I'm at yeah. with my content and my blog articles. So I'm very curious. And I know this is this is in the course. But over those 30 days, when you're testing or you're running an experiment and you're running the test and you want to determine if this is something you, you scale or not, what data are you looking for that's going to tell you, yes, this is worth pursuing. This is worth persevering and scaling yeah. and optimizing. You're looking for really any traffic and any traffic growth. You have to understand that a lot of stuff is so long tail that you know, like, okay, it only got, you know, let's say 20 visits in the whole month. That's actually like, as long as you see a little bit of growth in that month, you see like the numbers start as just like one, two, three in the first days. And then like, maybe it's like four five, six in the late, in the later parts of the month. That's always a really good sign. And it's never, I try to tell my team this too, is like, even if it, the traffic seems low, um, that's okay. Like at any startup, you, you have one customer, two customers, that, that means that someone got something valuable out of it. So that's why, and there will be more people out there looking for whatever you provide in your startup. I say, I think the same thing for traffic is someone comes to the article stays for, that's why the behavior is actually really important. If they stay for a long time, you know, sometimes we'll see like, oh, we only got 10 people that visited this article, but they stayed for eight minutes. It's like, okay, there's something really good there because Google actually really likes time on site or, or how long, uh, I think they call it dwell time, which is how long you last before you come back to the Google search. It's that, that signifies to Google that they got the answer that they're looking for. So what we think is like, okay, if they are staying for a long time and there is some growth, we could do this for 30 more topics. And then we could have, say it's only 20 people visit per month. You multiply that by 30, that's 600 per month. And that's not bad at all. I mean, like uh, not everything is going to be something that gets a thousand visits per day, but as long as there's some growth, that is usually what I'm looking for. But if you see like it go like two one day and then no more growth for the rest of the month, and then you see that the behavior is actually quite low, then you probably did something wrong with the content or it just never ranked at all. How are you setting up these these experiments in Google Analytics to be able to track these specifically? Yeah, you can create um, a custom report. I can send an article your way on how to do it, but basically you can take all the URLs that are in your experiment, say it's copywriting tips for bloggers, authors, blah, blah, blah. You take all those and you put it in a 
what they call like a regex string. You can put that into a custom report in Google Analytics and you can see the metrics only for those blog posts. So you can see average time on site across all of those three blog posts or 10 or whatever you have. And then you can also see, you know, number of visits and bounce rate for just those. So we have like all these custom reports in Google Analytics that we look at by content type. So we can see how they're performing, not only for those articles, but over, you know, the period of time that we're running the tests on it. If you do run a test and say it is worth pursuing, what does optimizing that piece of content look like? In terms of what we're optimizing for, it's usually for time on site, as I said. So like, we'll usually set a goal for like, we want to increase average time on site by 10% in this experiment. So it, it does give us some sort of goal to do it. So that's what you're actually optimizing for. Typically, it's what you're optimizing for. Sometimes it can be different. And then to improve the content is the most challenging part. Um, there's a lot of like more easy things you can do, like, or simple things. It's like make the page faster, just make it like way faster and better and like, or just make your site faster in general. That's, that's really good. Sometimes just basic stuff like adding a table of contents or, um, you know, adding more images uh, that like promote the user, what they're trying to do. So like, if you can show the user visually what maybe it's like finding a name for your dog and you show a, you know, a photo of someone with a dog and something like that, just making it structurally easier to read, oftentimes shortening it up or, or putting the answer that they're looking for higher up. Some one, one thing that we recently found is like, we had this really cool widget that we added to the article and we thought people would want to use that widget, but it actually made people leave the page faster because the widget was mm. blocking people from getting the answer that they're looking for, what they were searching for. So there's, we typically try to run actual AB tests for stuff like that. And then what I would say is like one of the most useful things to do is just look at what other websites are doing for similar content and stuff that's ranking number one and either copying them or doing it better than them. That, that's more ideal to do it to just do what they do but do it even better you know it's really just a lot of uh experiments so like i said before having that goal of increasing time on site and then making those changes and seeing it happen is the best way to actually know that the changes you made will make it rank higher is doing it better just like making it longer, making it more rich, adding more images. If, if And I'm referring to if this is like a competing, right? You go to a competing site and you find one of their articles. Is that kind of the process behind that? Not necessarily making it longer. I would say that helping the user find their answer faster or making the answer that they're looking for better, making something longer will just make them, you know, maybe want to leave faster because it's not getting them the answer as fast as they want. Sometimes sure. I... I like to say like the goal of improving content in general is just answering the question that people want to get as fast as possible and as clear as possible. So sometimes it's like improving just copy and um, removing unnecessary stuff that they're not looking for um, that you may have added. And then you can also use, um, what sometimes we use Hotjar, uh, which is like a heat map recording software. So you can see uh, how users actually interact with those pages, uh, something that we're trying to do more of, but it, you can see like where they uh, mouse over and also putting a, a, a feedback 
on your site, like a little feedback widget or something we did recently. And like, you'll get good feedback from there. If like someone doesn't, people like kind of say the same thing over and over again, if they don't like something, but that's if you, you need a lot more traffic for that, but it is something that we do. What, what kind of questions are you asking within the, in the feedback widget to get data? We say, did you find what you were looking for? Oh, very simple. Yeah. yeah. Or um, did you not find what you're looking for? It's like more, we'll prompt more people to answer usually. We have a few minutes. So one thing I wanted, I have it pulled up here that I wanted to ask you was, you had this tweet a year and four months ago, the lowest hanging fruit in SEO is to make your titles more clickable. Yeah. You think you could run me through that and, and how somebody could optimize their, their titles to, to drive more clicks? It's typically with just, it's, I mean, it's clickbait, right? Uh, clickbait works. It works on Facebook. It works on YouTube. And it definitely works on Google search. So you want to make your title the most clickable title in the uh, search engine results page. So typically that's something that will inspire action. Like if they're looking for a, a name for their dog, it's like five things you can name your dog that will make them awesome or something like that. Like if, if I actually go search right now, the number one ranking article is the 138 most popular golden retriever names of 2021. So if you want to break that title down, it could just say golden retriever names. That could be just the title of the article, but it's not very clickable. Yeah. This one here has a number. So it's like the 138. So this is, you know, you have like, oh, wow, there's so many names in here. I want to click that. Most popular saying like uh, these, everyone wants to, you know, conform or uh you know have the the most trendy or, or popular names and then golden retriever names of 2021 saying this is up to date so those are all things that are like signal for the user to want to click on it i love how you you broke it down here where it was like there's business ideas right this is what your tweet shows it's like business ideas and that's not good enough the 20 best business ideas, you're using numbers, it makes it a little more clickable, but then you need to make it personal. So the 20 best business ideas you can start, right? Adding the you in there makes it way more personal than the 20 best business ideas you can start in 2020. That shows, like you just said, it's up to date. But then the, the last part that makes it much more clickable uh, link is the 20 best business ideas you can start in 2020 ultimate list. Yeah, And I love this because it, yeah, it gives such a good, from beginning to start of how you should write a clickable link, something that's actually going to drive traffic, something that's matching the intent. And it and, and looks valuable from the second you see it. It's almost like a confidence thing. It's like, it's like signaling authority. It's like, this is the ultimate mm. list. This is, you want people to feel that you have authority. I think that's, that is helpful for titles as well. Yeah. Well, Pat, we literally just hit the 30-minute mark. I appreciate you so much for being on here. This was a blast. One, I took so much away. I literally had like a bunch of, of notes to, ready to ask you and questions that I'm going to fill out as soon as uh, we're finished here. So I appreciate you. Can you drop where uh, where everybody could reach you? So your, your email list, your course, Twitter, everything, please. First of all, sorry for uh, the lean SEO framework. Probably could have better explained it in the beginning. Uh, it's been so long that... I've even looked at the slides to be honest, because, you know, even our process has changed a bit as, as we've grown. So I do want to do an update on lean SEO. Uh, but anyways, 
you can find me on Twitter. So if you just search uh, Pat Walls, uh, I should come up on Twitter. And my website is starterstory.com. And so if you're an entrepreneur, uh, wants to learn more about how other successful entrepreneurs have built their websites, we have like 27 or 2,800 case studies about how people started and grew their businesses. So uh, you can just search for Starter Story on Google and you'll find that. Awesome, Pat. I appreciate it. Another conversation we'll eventually have to have is, one, how you've grown your email list. I think it's 202,000 yeah. people, which is insane. And then is it 2,300, 400 paying subs as well? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, somewhere around there. I haven't seen the number. Yeah. That's going to, that's an, a whole nother conversation that I would love to have, but I appreciate you so much for being on here, man. Yeah. I'd love to come back. We can, we can talk about those too. I'm still learning now every day. <laughs> so. Hell yeah. Awesome. Thanks dude. All right, man. Thank you for tuning in to 30 minutes of growth. If you want to hear more all action growth insights, be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcast so you can hear our next episode first.